I'm really excited to now to kind of transition into the next phase of the program. I'm not only excited as a Marquette grad and as a Westtown board member, but tonight we've been talking a lot about community and commitments. And nothing builds community like sports and education, right? You know, having college campus basically as a neighbor of Westtown is so incredibly important to bring that energy and that vitality and that creativity. Westtown's honored to partner with Marquette University and cheer for their basketball programs. And truth, even though many of us will probably play basketball at some point in our lives, right? There's so many lessons that you can learn from basketball, but to be able to learn those lessons and hear them firsthand from truly two of the best coaches in the nation is a real treat for us today. I'm a huge fan of not only Marquette, but also of these two amazing coaches here today. So I want to bring up Shaka Smart and Megan Duffy, and I'm going to read a little bios, but I'm going to have them come up first before I read their bios. The men's coach of Marquette, Shaka Smart, and the women's coach, Megan Duffy. Hi, Megan. I'm just going to give a little overview of both the coaches before we get into the presentation. Shaka Smart was named the 18th head coach of Marquette University on March 26, 2021. In his first season, the team finished with a 19 and 13 record with a big win early on over number 10 Illinois and an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. During his career, Smart has coached a total of 10 NBA players, including two lottery picks, and seven overall draft selections. No, wait. Yes. Is that right? Okay. All right. He's <laughs> entering his 14th college season and has 292 wins. The team won last night in their home opener. And it, yeah, let's give that up. Come on. As a player, Shaka was a four-year starter and three-year captain at Kenyon University in Ohio and still holds the single season and career records for most assists. Smart's a native of Madison, Wisconsin, and he and his wife, Maya, have one daughter, Zora. Thank you very much, Coach, for being here tonight. Megan Duffy was named the sixth head coach of the Marquette women's program on April 10th, 2019. In her first season, it was highlighted over a big win over nationally ranked DePaul, and the team finished among the nation's best on both ends of the court. She's a Dayton, Ohio native, attended Notre Dame, and transitioned her extensive playing career, including an All-American selections, finalist for National Player of the Year Award, USA Basketball Participation, gold medalist, and professional experience in the WNBA with Minnesota and New York, as well as playing overseas. Last year, the Marquette women's team went 23-11. and 11. A little editorial, although they should have been selected for the NCAA tournament, they went impressively three rounds in the WNIT. Duffy and her husband Kevin are proud Greater Milwaukee residents, and the team also kicked off the new season with a big win yesterday at the Al on campus. A big, big thank you to Marquette Athletic Director Bill Scholl for all his help and coordination of this event. Bill is also a board member at the Westtown Association, truly a wonderful partner for us and a lot of coordination to make these things happen, so we really, really want to thank Bill for all of his help. Our moderator for tonight, really proud and happy to bring up Brian D. 
from Wisconsin's Morning News, 620 WTMJ Radio, a brand new member in Westtown. Good Karma Brands relocated its studio from Capitol Drive on the east side to the avenue. So now you can go into the Third Street Market Hall and see live broadcasts, and there's Brian and all the crew. It's, it's a great thing to see, and they're wonderful new neighbors. Brian grew up in Rochester, New York, spent some time in Orlando and Cleveland before making his way to Milwaukee to come to Marquette. So he's also a Marquette. There's a lot of Marquette love up here on the stage. I, I really, really love it. Um, he's a minored in marketing, but majored in broadcast and electronic communications. He's an avid runner. Sometimes see him running through Shorewood on the east side and a hockey player. He's going to moderate a Q&A tonight with the coaches, drill down on some team and strategy, and just really have some fun. And at the end, we'll have time for, for a couple questions. We'll have a final question, and we'll close out the evening. So, Brian, 620 WTMJ, we really appreciate you being here. And also, we thank the station for recording tonight and uploading this to a podcast and doing some, you know, really being a strategic media partner with us on this event because this event will be able to live on in perpetuity, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. So, Brian, take it away. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. We've got Mike Jagabowski in attendance. How did Jeff do in terms of introducing us? Not bad? There it is. Very good. I love it. Well, uh, let's start at the beginning, and thank you both for coming, and uh, congratulations on the wins, Fairleigh Dickinson, Radford last night, good stuff. Um, I want to start at the beginning, beginning, though. So, Shaka, you grew up closer to Milwaukee than Megan did, Megan a little further away in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I'm curious the first memories for each of you of Milwaukee and of Marquette, like when those, when those ideas, places, universities first came to mind, Shaka, we'll start with you. My first memory of Milwaukee actually was coming to a Bucks game. Uh, I went to a total of one Bucks game during my childhood, but it happened to be in 1988 against the Showtime Lakers. Mm. And uh, my uncle brought me and we sat in literally the, la the highest seat that you can sit in. I believe it was in the Mecca at the time. I think that's where they were playing. And I was just kind of blown away as a 11-year-old kid, you know, being, being at a game. Uh, in terms of Marquette, you know, once I started following college basketball, you know, being in the state, you hear a lot about, about Marquette. So I remember the first Marquette player that I, I, I really remember uh, vividly was Brian Wardle. Sure. Um, who's, you know, still a friend uh, to this day. He's a great guy. And uh, then obviously, as I got a little older, I learned about Al McGuire and all his teams. Absolutely. Megan, what about you? I would say my first memory had to be as a, as a player, um, playing for Notre Dame, coming into the city of Milwaukee and playing Marquette. Um, we had some great rivalries, obviously two Catholic institutions. Um, I remember where we stayed downtown <laughs> before the game. Um, never would have imagined in my life I was going to be living here and uh, a very active member in our community and um, coaching the women's team at yes. Marquette. So we'll skip forward a little bit here because you kind of alluded to it. Both of you have been at some of the premier universities in the country, Notre Dame for you, Shaka, Texas, VCU, Akron, all over the place. What is it about Milwaukee and Marquette in particular that is, that is special when you compare it to the other places and other stops along your journeys? Well, I think for me, um, I've worked at nine, well, eight schools, and then nine counting the, the, the school that I went to. And, you know, there's always certain common threads 
you know, in an academic institution, but you know, what, what stands out about Marquette is the people. And I think starting from the top, our president, Dr. Lovell, um, is very, very unique as a university president compared to um, the folks that run certain other schools, nothing against them, but some of those presidents, you could cut them open and they wouldn't bleed. They're like cyborgs <laughs> um, and politicians. And, you know, Dr. Lovell, a re he's a real person. You know, he, he cares about people. Um, he really sets a tone at our university. And then our immediate boss, Bill Scholl, who's in the back, is, is an incredible extension of Dr. Lovell. So I think that's one thing that sets Marquette about, apart, is the people that we have in leadership and the way that they align with what the school says it's about. Um, that's a lot of fun for me coming to a place that, that's like that. Megan, what sticks out to you? I think I've been um, very impressed and blown away by the way our university um, is interconnected with the city as well. I sure. mean, I think when I was new and didn't know a lot about maybe the city of Milwaukee or everything about Marquette yet, we were um, just introduced quickly of how our, our team gives back to the community, um, tries to be intertwine with the youth in our city and um, just be exposed to different parts and not only be in our bubble um, of campus. So we've really worked hard over the last few years um, to interconnect things more and um, I think it's only the beginning of that. But I was just pleasantly surprised how um, everybody is trying to make a difference. We say be the difference at Marquette, but I think um, slow steps and one step at a time to, to build different groups together kind of goes off what, what Coach is saying as well. So it, it's still pretty new for each of you. Shock about a year and a half now in Milwaukee. Megan's been about three, if I'm not mistaken. Take me back to day one. Like day one, whether it was an interview, the first day on campus, landing in Milwaukee, what memories do you have of that? Wow, it's always a blur when you get a coaching job. And it so happened you, fast for you, yeah? So you don't, you don't really remember much. I, you know, this is one, and is the third ward in your guys' district? Or no? Just a little bit outside, but okay, so close I to it. I don't want to insult, but we, so we stayed at the Journeyman. Sure. Uh, so that, I remember that the first day and um, just kind of being impressed because I hadn't really been exposed to um, the nicer parts of, of, of Milwaukee, the city. Um, and so that, I remember that. And then the press conference that we had, I think, was the second day just the warmth of the folks in the Milwaukee community and the, the Marquette community. Day one. Coach says warmth. I remember my first day, April 10th, there was the slush of snow up to here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I didn't quite understand that our spring looks a little different here than other parts of the country. So that was a, a shock for me, even though I'm from the Midwest, but four hours south is a little bit different. So, and then I was educated pretty quickly that it will snow at least probably two more times after that date. So, um, bittersweet because you're so fired up about uh, the job and what's ahead, and there's so much to do. But we had a good laugh with our, you know, my family of just like, okay, we're moving here, and we're going to be tougher than anybody. We can survive in a dress and heels and slush snow up to our knees. We'll we'll be okay. It's pretty amazing. We haven't had a big snow yet on what is it, November 8th, and it's got to be coming soon. Uh, knock on wood. Both of them are <laughs> knocking on wood, which is good news. So it's interesting. You both took over programs at sort of different times. Megan, you came into a program that was super, super successful at the time, right? Three straight 
NCAA tournament appearances, back-to-back -back Big East titles. And then Chaka, you came in and it was more of a transitional period for the men's program. Megan, I'm curious about your experience. What challenges were there to try and put your own fingerprints on a program that was already in a really good spot? Yeah, the previous head coach, Coach Keeger, um, did a phenomenal job um, building Marquette to the national scene, and, and she had some great teams. And, you know, that senior class the year before I got here, I mean, talk about five pros, you know, a 2,000 point score, four 1,000 point scores, and they all left, Brian. Crazy. <laughs> so, I was tasked with, um, I never want to say rebuild, but building this next group of young women who were going to be that team that would be on the national scene again. And we had five players left on the roster. At that point, there was no transfer portal. You took you know, the remaining players you had, and then you had a, a few freshmen, and that was your team. So um, you know, it was a, a matter of just breathing life into them. And you know, they had kind of waiting their turn, and um, were very loyal to Marquette. And it was just a a year that we had our, a chip on our shoulder. Um, I think we were picked ninth in the conference, and and I'm not sure we were going to score a basket at some point early on in the season, and we ended up finishing uh, second, and and then COVID hit. But um, I just think you know the the mentality of coming in, and you know you want to build a great team every year, and it's going to look a little different probably um, every team you're um, you're around. But I just really enjoyed that first year. It was hard. It was challenging, and. Um, but it did give us a little momentum of like, we're going to keep the consistency of our program sure. strong. And for you, Shaka, we always see externally relationships, growth, victory, right? It's one of your many kind of credos surrounding the program. I got to believe at that period of time, it all started with relationships and building the ones with the players that were going to stick around. Well, we had to figure out who that was yeah. first. It was unique. Usually when you get a head coaching job, you get to campus. And one of the first things you do is you, you go in a room and the athletic director introduces you to the team. Well, the problem was at this point, it was right in the middle of COVID mm -hmm. and the team was all scattered around the country at home. Because if you remember, at that point, most of uh, the university classes were virtual. And so when the season got done, all the guys went to their homes and there was literally players from California to Arizona to New York State to Baltimore to Minnesota to Iowa. It was all over. And so first thing I had to do was actually go uh, visit them and see if they wanted to come back. Um, this was, I think, maybe the first or second year of the transfer portal. Some of you may or may not be aware of that, but that's basically what allows uh, kids to leave one school and go to another school and be immediately eligible right away and so literally I was getting ready to get on a flight to go to your home state uh, there was a player from Syracuse mm -hmm. and literally 10 minutes about to get on the flight I get a call from him and he said coach I'm going to transfer and I said well thanks for letting me know before I got on this flight <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, it was one less place to go <laughs> um, so when the dust settled we had really everybody but three players left and even of those three, I remember one guy, he told me, uh, I, I'm going to stay for now. You know, I'll, I'll get back to you next month and I'll let you know for sure. So it's a unique situation. You know, just have to kind of um, build around that. But I thought our guys did a good job coming together. And our staff did a nice job of adding uh, some guys, whether it was freshmen uh, or transfers. And then we were really, really fortunate that there was two players that, that Coach Wojo and his staff had signed 
prior to us getting here. And they're two of the most solid guys I've ever been around in my life, Cam Jones and Stevie Mitchell. So they're currently sophomores for us. And our, the previous staff here deserves a ton of credit for signing those guys. And those guys deserve credit for sticking with Marquette. So you both just mentioned the pandemic and tiptoed around it a little bit. And 2020 was obviously crazy for everybody. I think we all learned a lot about ourselves, about our jobs, about the things we love and don't love. And you want to focus on those things more. I'm curious what you both took maybe most out of the pandemic personally or as it pertains to, to your job. I know for me, I, I just learned how to be a better leader every single minute of every day for what, two years? Mm -hmm. um, when you have something that you believe in so much and invest in a group of young women and our staff that there was no time to feel sorry for ourselves or even understand the complexity of what was happening. And so um, a little bit like anything new, we were all trying to react and make decisions of, and, and have answers for things that there were no answers to. So I, I just think I learned a lot about how to care about people differently, how to communicate differently. Um, even in, as a leader, we all are human, have low moments and difficult times, but how to um, manage your own emotions through it for the betterment of a group of people. And um, I, I look back and you forget sometimes of the wacky things we were all doing to try and survive. And Shocker grew out his hair. That was cool. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was good, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I'll, I think I'll remember, and we're still recovering in some ways from it, of just the, um, the maturity and the growth by sure. myself, our staff, um, being there for our, for our people. The best thing about the pandemic for me was uh, I went several months where I got to see my daughter every single day. And, and my daughter's 11, uh, so at that point she was probably nine. Um, in our profession, we travel a lot with the team and then we travel a lot for recruiting. So, um, and then there's, there's events like this where you could be you know, gone until a certain time at night where you, you, you don't get to see your family. So, um, literally, I got to be around her every day, and I, it hit me in about the third or fourth day that it was going to be like this for a while, and I just really tried to be intentional about enjoying that and uh, making sure that uh, that was quality time as well. And then the worst thing about it was uh, we had a really, really good team. We, we had, um, you know, finally an older team. As coaches, you want to get to the point where you have a bunch of juniors and seniors because there's so much more experience and wise compared to young players. So we finally had a team where we had, I think, nine uh, juniors and seniors. And, but just some of the restrictions about spending time together, um, you know, made you appreciate that. And then smack dab in the middle of the season, a bunch of the guys and myself got COVID. And that was kind of a life-changing experience for me. One, I got it pretty bad. You know, my symptoms were pretty bad, so I was in a rough spot. Two, first time ever I've watched my team play on TV. Um, so we've got our team out there missing about three or four players that were also in a quarantine. I'm in a quarantine, and I'm watching them, and it was a, it was a weird experience. We I lost the game by one. Are you smacking the floor in your living room, or what's going on? No, I had no energy at that point, so I was not, uh, definitely not smacking the floor. But, uh, you know, it, it just puts things in perspective. Um, and then, you know, a few months later, I came here, uh, really two months later after that, 
and it just gives you an appreciation for all the little things that maybe you took for granted before. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we mentioned relationships, growth, victory. Havoc's an old school one dating back to VCU. Uh, EGBs, you want to elaborate on what that means? Energy generating behaviors. Okay. We have a lot of... Uh, Lose yourself in the fight. We have a lot of three letter acronyms. Uh, LFG is a big one. Um, you can <laughs> kind of figure out what that means. Um, the first word's let's and the last word's go. Um, but you know, for our guys, we're coaching guys that are 18 to 22 years old and we're just trying to find a way to inhabit their minds uh, in different ways that, that, that uh, you know, stick up there. So yeah, we have a lot that we throw at them. We just try to reinforce it the best we can. So it's interesting because as somebody that you know, follows sports collegiately, professionally yeah. for a living, you see those things internally, mm -hmm. but you are very intentional about making sure that the entire community sees them. Why is that? Yeah, you know, I've been a lot more intentional about that here at Marquette. Um, I've always kind of been old school where it's like just focus on your team and don't worry about anything else. But I do think at a place like Marquette where we're fortunate to have so many passionate fans and so many folks that have supported this program for so long, uh, even longer than I've been alive, I think it's incumbent upon us to share with those folks what we're doing and what we're about. And especially in this day and age where there's a lot of twists and turns that occur because of NIL, transfer portal, uh, different things going on. I think educating the folks that care about your program is really important as you go. And then hopefully if you can get players like Stevie Mitchell and Cam Jones to stay in your program for a while, uh, the fans grow to really love and appreciate them because of what they do in alignment with what you're messaging. So Megan, what are the, the acronyms and the credos within the women's program that maybe we don't see as closely or what exists within your locker room that you're trying to, to occupy their minds with? Yeah, we have uh, five core values like probably every business and organization and sports team and um, I'm probably a little different than coach, but I've, I've actually also learned a lot with him coming in about how he does things with his guys, which is pretty cool um, to have somebody right down the hall that, you know, as much as we're busy going different directions, just being able to watch and learn that way. Um, you know, we, we start everything with our passion. Driven's our number one core value, so you got to have um, a drive and a passion um, for the game of basketball for each other. Um, we try and live that every day. One of the things I've tried to express to our team and they're growing at it every day is you know words are one thing core values are one thing but what's the examples you're doing and living by every day so even before practice when we're in our circle um, I'll say hey give me one of our core values you know so and so and tell me an example today of how you lived it um, so again, we, we could name a thousand quotes and that are pretty cool or from, from movies and you know, other sports teams, but we try and really then correlate it back to actual live play, right? Live actions in the classroom when they're out in our community. Um, so Driven's one, uh, a huge one for us. I think in a world that it's so easy to see the negative of stuff, we try and to really express our appreciation um, just by simply saying thank you for um, you know, anything. Um, so those are, those are two of our five, I guess. Could for tell sure. You. So you had an electric environment for your opener yesterday against Fairleigh Dickinson. 
and Shaka's nodding, in large part because you had a bunch of Milwaukee Public School students in attendance. How cool was that moment, and how important is that for your program? Because I was telling you before we came up here, some of my favorite Marquette memories are women's Big East tournament games inside the owl where the place is packed to the brims. It just gets a next level of loud and exciting when the community is in that building. Well, if you haven't been to a game right down the street, um, it's a great college basketball environment. It's a, it's a little smaller venue. Uh, yesterday we had, um, like I said, we're trying to connect back to our community in different ways, and we had close to 3,000 Milwaukee public schools, all ages. Um, you can imagine when the DJ was playing, the dance moves, the gritty, I mean, you name it, it was, it was going on, popcorn flying everywhere. Amazing. Um, it was actually louder at the timeout. So again, I'm with my team in a huddle and you're trying to, you know, really draw up some great stuff, right, Brian? Sure. And when there was a t-shirt toss and the dance, came, like the dancing, I mean, it was, you know, just imagine the screaming and it was really hard to coach. But um, we kind of trade that with, you know, um, just the energy of the building. And, and we hope, you know, that obviously brings those families back, gets them um, in a, a safe, uh, fun environment. Um, through the rest of the season as well. Shock, are you taking notes for Thursday night? Because you have a, a students-only game against Central Michigan on Thursday night inside the Al McGuire Center. That's going to be a unique environment for you and your team. Yeah, we had some fans that are mad at us. So um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there was a five-day hold at Fiserv where we couldn't play there over the stretch of five days. Um, so the alternative was playing at the Al on Thursday. And we're excited about it. I mean, it, we've been in there many, many times for Coach Duffy's games, for volleyball games, and there's a real energy in, in that gym. Uh, so it'll be interesting for our guys. It'll be different. You know, we don't really play in there very much or even practice in there, so it'll be an adjustment. But the basket's still 10 feet tall, still 94-foot court. So You're going to do a little Hoosiers tomorrow or something, get the tape measure out? No, I don't think we'll do that. We practiced in there today. Um, I, I think, yeah. I think just adjusting to the uh, the sounds will be will sure. be different. Actually, our guys much prefer the rims in there than they do the rims at Pfizer. Softer. Yes, as as Mike Broker uh, informed me today, the rims at Pfizer have to you know meet some NBA specifications of how tight they are. They got to Giannis proof them is what they got to do. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, the rims at the Yale don't. So, okay. fair enough. Um, let's do some uh, some quick hitters to wrap things up. And I know Jeff has one uh, one kind of big question to ask you right at the end. But um, give us some insight into what you two are doing when you're not in the bowels of the Al McGuire Center, kind of working your your days away and getting your programs and your kids in places to succeed. What do you like to do in our community when you're going out for fun and you have those glimpses of free time? We do work a lot, but um, we always enjoy, especially um, when the weather's night out by the river, um, down by the lake. Um, Third Street Market has been a really cool place just to grab some food for not only our fam my family, but our team as well. We take recruits there, which is cool. Um, I did get, get to go one night to the night market, uh, which was phenomenal. Um, I know a lot obviously went into that. So yeah, just kind of doing what everybody else does, pretty normal. Let's see, my daughter's really into the Bucks. Sure. So, um, like I said, she's 11. I've taken her to a couple Bucks games. She really enjoys that. Uh, I like running down here. Uh, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot going on that you see. I enjoy that. So, uh, running, um, you know, I, I, we live in Fox Point. I enjoy sometimes, uh, if there's time, uh, when it's warmer, 
riding my bike all the way down from Fox Point down to uh, downtown by the water. But uh, I like food too, so still looking. Uh, I met a food critic the other day. Her, she's a mother on, uh, of a girl on my daughter's soccer team. So I got all these restaurants that she wants me to check out that I've not been to. Okay. So looking forward to that. We'll give you some suggestions in a couple of minutes. I'm sure our friends here will uh, have the hookup for you. Um, I saw you with the AirPods in before the game last night against Radford. What are you listening to before a game? Is there a, a pump-up song or maybe a relaxation song for each of you that gets you in the zone to coach? Well, I always try to work out uh, a couple hours before the game. So when I work out, I listen to the same stuff our guys listen to. Mm -hmm. All right, so I was listening to Lil Baby yesterday. <laughs> um, but then when I... Um, uh, shave and, and take a shower. I listen to, I have what I call my spiritual playlist, um, which has got a bunch of good, cool stuff, Nina Simone and uh, U2 and a bunch of just eclectic mix of stuff that, that gets you kind of in a spiritual mindset. Megan, what are you listening to? I'm not listening to Little Baby. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would say, I think you want to bring your max energy when you're coaching, so I'm very much, I love the chill music and just a mix on Apple Music. For sure. Literally probably called Chill Mix. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Uh, favorite uniform color to wear? You've got options at Marquette. Marquette's got a, a long, illustrious history of fashion. Uh, what's your favorite color to wear? Um, whether it's the polos now that you don't have to suit up or dress up on the sideline, that's gotta be a plus coming out of the pandemic, or maybe you like suiting up, I'm not sure. Um, but favorite color to wear on the sidelines and to see your team in? I love seeing our team in the champions blue. Yeah. It's the obviously our third color, and you're usually playing somebody big. Uh, it looks pretty sharp. I'll take any of them. I mean, it, 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 all of our guys wearing the same color gets me excited. Um, our guys like wearing black, which is not one of our primary colors, but we have, I think, six different uniform colors. So um, whatever they want to wear, whatever they want to play hard wearing. Uh, team you like to beat the most? To beat the most? To beat the most. There's a correct answer here. Well, I believe this is being recorded for a podcast. It so. is. <laughs> And there's that long, awkward silence. Yes, very good. Okay, we knew what the answer was. Very good. He's not going to incriminate himself being from that area either. The next opponent, right? <laughs> the just, next opponent's a real good answer. Guy. There you go. I love that. Uh, how about this one? You can take any Marquette alum from any era and add them to your current team. Who are you picking? Megan, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm picking uh, a, a young woman who's in the WNBA now, Natisha Heideman. Yeah. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal electric uh, scoring point guard. Chaka? Dwayne Wade. Yeah, that's a while. <laughs> it's easy. Saw that one coming. Uh, if, if I had a second pick, it would be Jay Crowder, for sure. Very good. Uh, last one here before we let Jeff jump on and ask uh, one final question. Favorite Big East city to visit? We like welcoming so many people to our city here in Milwaukee, but there's some other cool ones you two get to travel to on a regular basis. Where do you like to go? I love going to New York City yeah. uh, to play St. John's. Uh, just it was my first coaching job actually so just brings back really great memories of trying to figure it out as a young coach uh, still trying to figure it out actually but um, just love being back in the in the big city lights i grew up you know loving going to chicago my grandfather lived there my whole childhood and he's we actually had an event down there the other day and i was telling the, the, the folks down there 
it blew my mind the first time he took me to see the river being turned green on St. Patrick's Day. I'll never forget stuff like that. So I, w- I would say Chicago. Well, regardless of where you go, uh, pick up victories and bring them back home here to Milwaukee. We're so fortunate to have you at Marquette and in our city, and we appreciate you guys both taking the time here tonight with Westtown. So thank you very much. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll let Jeff come up and ask one more for you. Uh, we'll, we'll have a little time to take two or three questions from anyone that has questions. I always like to ask, especially when you get an opportunity to talk to you know really good leaders who are engaged in the process each and every day. How do you both define success? Megan? I think uh, success for me is a lot of just the little victories. Um, you know, the way we have the opportunity to impact young, young women and young men, um, that's a lot of success. Obviously, we're measured by winning and losing, too. But I think it's the laying that foundation to help these young people grow um, and impact them. Um, that gets me up in the morning every day. It's a great question because, you know, we, we actually work in a job where the way, the way that we define success sometimes is different than the way success is defined externally. So the first thing is, and we tell our players this on a regular basis, it's really important not to let someone external to our team or external to you determine what success is uh, for you. And, and I think that's easier said than done, particularly in today's day and age, uh, the way that the media and social media is pretty much ongoing uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, for me, it would be uh, really simple. I was raised by a single mom, and the coaches are the ones that were father figures for me. Uh, they really changed my life by putting their arm around me and, and helping me grow. I don't think I would be anywhere near doing what I'm doing. Um, I don't know what I would, I would be doing if it wasn't for my coaches. So success for me in my job is you know, helping these guys um, see something in themselves and then become that something that they might not uh, have seen before. And that sounds good, but it's really hard to do. Uh, particularly with the age group that we are coaching um, because they have so many forces around them that are trying to tell them otherwise. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Want to take a couple questions? Anyone? Go ahead. That's a great question. You know, did everybody hear what he said? He said, how do you keep your players present in this day and age? I mean, I, th- I think that's the central question for all of us. You know, how, how do we keep ourselves present? One, I didn't mention this, but one thing I took out of COVID, that stretch of time was, um, I really kind of developed a longer personal routine in the morning. And it's all about trying to be that. And then actually develop a plan to help the guys that day be that. Um, One is, no disrespect to the media, but trying to help our guys minimize the impact of it on their mind. Um, What we're trying to do is have the humility to follow a plan and a process regardless of circumstances, ups and downs. One of the cool things about sports is there's a lot of ups and downs, but if you get on that roller coaster ride and what people are saying about you, good or bad, uh, it can be tough to be present. It can make you very much consumed with the past and the future. So uh, I send our guys each morning a little excerpt from the reading I do. 
just, I don't even know if they read it. So I know some of them do, but uh, just a reminder to be present. And then we actually meditate every day uh, as a group. And some guys might like it, some might not like it as much, but I wish my coaches would have done it with me when I was young. Uh, so a couple things we do. I think for, for us, just real quick, we, we just try and normalize it and not fight it as well. It gets, it's a huge part of, I mean, we never had to go through that where you get done with the game and there's good and bad responses to everything you did and you're being watched you know, constantly. So we, we try and normalize it and just um, give them a platform to, to talk about it and like anything else, express their emotions. And because there's also a great piece of branding and social media that they're, you know, they're reaping the benefits of too. Um, so again, that not only express it as a, a, a difficult thing, but also something that's going to help them down the road as well. A good pizza spot. <laughs> wow. And I'm a, I just might not know about it. You guys yeah, we don't know about it a lot sometimes, well, though, right? No. <laughs> Calderon Club, been to Calderon. Uh, you've been there. Yeah. Calderon. Calderon and San Giorgio, right across the street from the Hyatt. What kind of pizza? Thin crust, Neapolitan. <laughs> what are you looking for? I'm looking for at least pan style, if not thicker. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> What do we need to add? What else? Downtown. Tunnels. No. <laughs> no. I'm happy with the food here. We love, I mean, we, food if we had great. more time, that's what we don't get to go to enough, but there's some ph phenomenal food places. Uh, well, we're, so we're sponsored by Brand Jordan, both our teams, the whole athletic department, and they really do a good job uh, taking care of us. So these, these are Marquette-themed uh, Air Jordans. And so when I was a kid, I was never a big like shoe person just because we didn't really have much money. Uh, so I literally, in my life, I'd only ever had one pair of Jordans until I got to Marquette. And now uh, we, I, I have so much, there's an assistant coach on our staff whose son has the same shoe size as me. About two-thirds of the shoes they give me, I just give to him because I can't keep up with them. <laughs> but, yeah, we're fortunate to have these. What is, um, I'll, I'll jump in on that. What does that mean to the kids? Because, I mean, you see Luka Doncic, like, wearing Marquette shoes yeah. for the Mavericks, one of the biggest stars in the world. That's got to be a pretty cool recruiting advantage. Like, kids care about that stuff. It's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. We actually, uh, and if anyone ever wants to come tour the Al McGuire Center, you know, we, we, we definitely could set that up. Um, one of the things that we have, and we just updated it in our office, is we have this display of every pair of Jordans. I think there's been 30 designs uh, mm. since the Jordan 1s in Marquette colors. Pretty cool. So that, that, that's definitely a, When we bring recruits in, that display, they stop there for about five minutes, and then there's a conversation about what their favorite pair is and all that. So it's... I'm really grateful for it, and hopefully Bill and the folks that work for him can keep us with Jordan for a long time. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful. Brian D. from 620 WTMJ on the air tomorrow morning.
Megan Duffy, play Friday at the Al, correct? Yes, Friday evening. Shaka Smart, team plays Thursday at the Al. Students only, but we're going to have a wonderful season. So if you haven't been to a game, only one game into the season, there's a long season to get out, plenty of time to get out and see Marquette. We are Marquette.